stays at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the Reaction Show. 49ers for Chicago Bears has concluded. San Francisco 49ers did not win, of course, losing 19 to 10 to Chicago Bears. And I have Horst here with me, and we're going to get into all of it. So, of course, go ahead and let us know how you feel about this game in the comment section, in the chat, and we'll get you know, we'll get together. We'll talk about what happened in this game and just give our reaction as well. Spy Nick Danger, welcome to chat. What's up, Mr. Corey, Ziggy? How you guys going? How you guys doing? What's up, Twisted Clown? Um, yeah, I mean, this is one of those games that Horse, I think, was a little frustrating. The penalties, um, as Mr. Corey is saying in chat, is something that definitely I wasn't expecting. I thought there could be some penalties from some of the young guys, but really it wasn't young guys that were the ones that were having the penalties on them, but a lot of the veteran players. Uh, some of the penalties I felt were very warranted, and then some of them I thought were kind of shaky, but uh, the key penalties were definitely warranted. Yeah, a lot of them. A lot of the penalties were mistakes by the Niners. The holding on Kinlaw, he reached out and held that guy from getting to the second level. Um, the face mask call, even though it was innocuous, it didn't affect the play. Greenlaw grabbed onto his face mask. Um, the one I didn't like was the one on the two on Justin Fields, where I forgot who it was, fell over him, and the other one where um, Aziz Al Shair. I thought he pulled up and attempted not to hit him, but. You know, the refs are always going to call that. You know that's a danger of happening when you play a running quarterback. You have to be more prepared for it. And, yes, I have been coaching in the sun a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Horse has been out there getting his sun, getting his uh, cool look on. Uh, the push-off, like Mr. Corey said, was whack. But the other Definitely. Thing, that uh, push-off call was horrible. The other thing that was a little bit frustrating was the opening drive. The 49ers really had it going. I thought Kyle Shannon had a good drive, a good plan, getting the ball to Brian Ayuk on a fly sweep, getting it to Debo on a fly sweep. And then he's marching down the field, and they get in the red zone, and then Debo Samuel uh, fumbles the football. And I thought that turnover was big in the football game because even if the 49ers walk away with the field goal in that situation, you feel like, okay, the offense is going. Trey gets his footing. Uh, it was unfortunate that Debo had that happen. Debo's not normally a guy that fumbles the football. Um, it was a nice play by the Bears defender. He punches the ball out, and the 49ers definitely had you know an opportunity wasted there. Horse, I thought early on in the game that was really big and the momentum, and just getting this offense going. Yeah, that definitely hurt. They had a nice drive. They got all the way down. He was, what, inside the five there when he fumbled. Um, Just an unfortunate mistake, and I know a lot of people are upset, angry, but what are we going to do, cut Debo Samuel? I mean, he's a great player. He he made a bad play, and the guy, defender on Chicago made a better play. I mean, you know, things like that happen. It's how you bounce yeah. back after that. Of course, Debo would bounce back later on in the game. You know, Kyle goes right back to him like you know he would. Uh, the wide back was real, and he, you know, he let Eddie Jackson knows what's up. If you try to hit Debo Samuel at the goal line, he's going to absolutely finish. He's a power back. He's a speed back. He's got all that wrapped into one, and we saw that a, a continually on display again today. There wasn't as many opportunities for Debo Samuel to catch the football. Um, mm -hmm. Brandon Ayuk was the, the main receiver catching the ball. Jawan Jennings had a couple big plays. We even saw a, a sprinkle in of Ray Ray McLeod. And Ross Dwelly had a nice catch over the middle. Yeah, he did. Ross Dwelly had a catch over the middle. I thought overall 
I don't know if it was the elements or overall if it was Trey uh, just struggling at times, but I felt like he was underthrowing balls, leaving the football low at times over the over the middle. Um, but I don't know. You know, I, I don't know for sure. And I, I think we're going to have to wait until we see him against Seattle next Sunday to determine if that's something we're going to continually see or if the elements played a factor into it. Yeah, there's no way around it. Trey definitely struggled today. Yeah, he, he didn't have his best game. But let's all be honest, it's one game. And I, everyone that knows me knows I'm as big a Jimmy fan as there is. But let's all calm down, relax, give the guy an opportunity. Everyone has a bad game. Like you said, the elements were bad. They weren't in his favor. A couple things bounced against him. The end of the game, those last couple drives, I'm really not going to hold on to him because it was raining so bad. That was a tough situation for anyone to play quarterback. But we knew this was coming with Trey. If you're an educated fan, you knew the guy had started two games last year. Didn't look great in the first one. Didn't look great the first half of the second one. Played well in the second half against Houston. You knew there was going to be boomer bust mistakes. And to be honest, this is what you get with a young guy starting playing quarterback with a lot of without a lot of experience. There's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. Unfortunately, a lot of today was downs. And thank you so much, Jaley, for re-upping your membership for another month. Really appreciate you. Jaley's one of the great uh He's supporters. an OG. Yeah, great supporters of the 4 yards cutback. So we really appreciate that, Jaley. You know, and I think that this football game had some ups and downs. I thought the drive where Debo scores the touchdown, the 49ers showed so much diversity in the run game. They were doing a lot of things. Elijah Mitchell was a big part of this offense. And then Mitchell gets hurt. Uh, so when Elijah Mitchell gets hurt and the knee... Uh, with the knee and he goes out, I thought the offense as far as the run game, you saw the dynamic run plays kind of change. Yeah, Elijah Mitchell was was being able to get 8, 10, 12-yard carries, and then he goes out, and with Jeff Wilson Jr., he did a good job, but those carries turn into five, six-yard carries instead of the big 15 to 16-yard carry. Yeah, it definitely hurt. When Elijah Mitchell went out, the, the game, that's where the game started to turn, where their offense really started to sputter. Um, like I said, basically a rookie quarterback. Um, I don't think you stick Mac Jones in that situation and it goes better. I don't think you stick Justin Fields in that situation and it goes better. So, I mean, it's it's one game. It'll be okay. Yeah, I mean, we. I mean, this is the thing, right? Last year through six games, the 49ers went two and four. Uh, they were inconsistent. Their execution was in question. They weren't really executing last year, and then they figured it out. Uh, this year, there's an added element of the fact that you have a young quarterback, a quarterback that everyone's been saying. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen it all over the place. You gotta expect ups and downs from Trey Lance. There's gonna be mistakes for every big time throw that he makes to Jawan Jennings. You can expect an interception like he had earlier today. You're hoping those things don't happen, uh, but when it comes down to it, these guys, he's learning. He's he's learning on the fly, and it's not easy to go out there and play this game. And defenders on in the NFL are really good. And you saw a, a Eddie Jackson come down like Eddie that Jackson's and make a fantastic a, play. Eddie Jackson's a former All Pro. No, I, mean, I yeah, exactly. I mean, it was a great a, play. It's it's a great play, you know. And that's the thing: the Bears made some plays today. Um, there were a lot of you know criticism of Drake Greenlaw. Some of that warranted, of course. That face mask, I think, is the most warranted well, of all the plays that uh, Drake Greenlaw was catching I, heat for. I can definitely feel with other people because it feels like Green. Greenlaw has a history of getting penalties at bad times. Yeah. Oh, from over engaging with people or hitting the quarterback while he's sliding. That's kind of something he needs. And he probably has that with the refs. So it's something he needs to work on. He almost needs to be overly careful. 
because they're clearly looking for it with him because that face mask call was interesting. It was a kind of an innocuous grab of the face mask, but they were clearly looking for it. And it got called, so it's something they need to work on. But I wouldn't trade Drake, get rid of Dre Greenlaw. He's a fantastic player. Yeah, and I, I think that the absolute uh, kind of way you think about things by how you win or lose is right here with Jeff Barber, who's a Bears fan, who says thank you for passing on fields for Bus Lance. You look at it, and they had pretty much an equal game. Both threw an interception. Both you know had pretty equivalent yards and completion percentage. Uh, but one team, one player won the football game. If Trey would have won the football game, everyone would have been calling, uh, you know, Fields a bust. It's all about perspective. And yeah. uh, when it comes down to it, I don't think Fields is a bust. I don't think Trey Lance is a bust. I think they're both two young football players. But what you did see was Justin Fields played the entire season last year. He's played more NFL football than Trey Lance. By eight times. Yeah, a lot. Nine times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and it showed. Fields made a couple, made a couple more plays than yeah, and uh, but feel it's not like Fields looked like Drew Brees out there. I mean, let's be honest, he didn't play that well either. And the one play was just a broken play. They got a little lucky. It wasn't great to see Dante Pettis take that one in the yeah. end zone, but yeah. um, it happens. I I agree. And by the way, I'm also going to throw this out there because I used to make this excuse for Jimmy. Not having George Kittle did not help. I no, mean, that's flat out. I mean, it, it hurts you in the run game. When for sure. you lose the best guy at your position on the team, you know, at your position in the league, and he's on your team, doesn't help. Yeah, and and uh, thank you so much, KNDR, for re-upping your membership. And I saw a question here um, that I that I wanted to see is is uh, Ziggy said, "What do you think of Kyle's play calling?" I thought that really early on in this game, Kyle had the play calling going right. I mean, they were moving down the field pretty good and then you had the fumble by Debo uh then you had him reassert himself later in the game with creative run plays and they moved the ball down the field again that resulted in a touchdown by Debo Samuel I thought Kyle's game plan was pretty sound it was run the football I think he would have loved to have gotten over 200 yards rushing they got pretty close uh weren't able to get there but I thought when it came down to it he knew that they couldn't throw with Trey Lance over 20 times and win this football game they ended up having to throw over 20 times so he was trying to protect his young player Give him opportunities to make good throws. And Trey had some really good throws. He did. That one he threw to Brendan Ayuk that's over the defenders, over on the left-hand side. The deep uh, ball to um, Jawan Jennings. Jennings. Fantastic throw. So there were there were good moments and there were some bad moments. And I thought Kyle did a really good job of trying to accentuate what Trey Lance's strengths were while trying to limit some of the weaknesses. It just didn't always work out. It doesn't always go the way you want. Either somebody misses a block or a receiver doesn't get open or Trey throws an incomplete pass. Like, there were just execution problems with this team. This team didn't look well-oiled. They didn't look like a machine right now. They've got work to do. Yeah, definitely. And I think, I can't remember who commented that. Um, but, you know, the, I think all the answers to the problems are in the building. Sorry for not giving you credit, whoever commented that. All the answers are in the building. I agree. It's not like we need to go out and make a trade. We need to go out. It's, they have the players. They have the coaching staff. They'll get back to the board. And Man Coach Mangrich, I do agree with you right there that that tight that their tight end is their most valuable offensive player. It definitely is. As far as when you run outside zone, it's you know right there at the point of attack. You want to make sure you execute there on the edge. He does so much. George Kittle opens up the middle of the field also to be able to throw the football. Um, but what you saw is with the weather conditions as well, the 49ers elected not to have Danny Gray available. Um, knowing they weren't going to maybe be able to take the top off the defense, they decided that you know they're going to go with a bigger 
more physical run of you know run caliber wide receivers, and that's what they did. But they don't go Danny Gray, so I wonder if that gets at, that element gets added back in against Seattle. We'll see. Um, but I do think elements played a part into the way that Kyle Shanahan schemed it up, the way he called the game plan. I think it would have worked if they wouldn't have had turnovers and uh, bad penalties at bad times because penalties not only extended drives for the Bears, but also put the 49ers behind the eight ball on offense. Yeah, definitely. The penalties, I think penalties, if you want to blame one single thing for them losing this game, it's penalties. I mean, it... I would I would say turnovers as well. Uh, there's always reasons why you lose football games. Penalties is one, but turnovers and third down, uh, you know, conversion percentage are huge. Um, both areas I felt the 49ers didn't always execute at a high level. I don't know what their third down uh, conversion is yeah, being at, but head. I'm looking forward to seeing that. Um, and you know, I mean, and uh, Ramon is saying bad coaching uh, to not have Gray. Well, I mean, it all depends on what you believe these guys can do. And if you guys looked at the early before the game, the field was puddles everywhere. Agreed. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure Danny Gray, but he might even have went out there and got some running in. And if Danny Gray's not going to be able to get the, you know, get down the field, you don't want him out there. You'd rather have a mutter or a big physical guy or use Malik Turner like they did on special teams. Yeah, I totally understood the decision not to not to play Gray um today. He, it wasn't his type of game. They needed to win this game physically. They weren't going to get any shots over the top. And so guys like Jawan Jennings, Malik Turner were definitely more important in this game. Like you said, Turner, because of his special teams prowess. And Jawan Jennings is a bigger physical guy. So I totally understood the decision to keep Gray down. They weren't going to go deep over the top. It didn't feel like it. They ended up getting Jawan Jennings during that break in the storm. You're not guaranteed that. And David Campbell says... I did not see the game yet, but I had I heard Mitchell got injured. Uh, is it too soon to uh, too soon to call him injury prone? Seemed like he was hurt his whole rookie year last year too. He did miss five games last year. Uh, I do not know the extent of the injury, only that it's a knee. I'm kind of hoping it's something like a knee bruise or something like that. Uh, probably they probably felt like they could get through the game without and make sure that he's healthy. Um, but don't know for sure, you know. So we'll see, David Campbell, and if if he continues to have injuries. You know, maybe you're going to end up putting that tag on him. I'm hoping that's not the case because uh, I don't really want that to happen for Elijah Mitchell. He was looking fantastic in his carries early on in the game. He was. or Excuse me. Elijah Mitchell was looking very good early in the game. And for um, those of you, for Ramon and Emily, um, yeah, you can run Gray on sweeps, but they already had three guys on the field that you can run those plays with in Ayuk, Debo, and um, Ray Ray McLeod. So, I mean, he that's not really, I mean, I'm not saying he wouldn't run those plays well, Danny Gray, but that's not the dimension they're looking for with him. Yeah, and it's good to see Marketing Pro come through after your shellacking and loss of the Buffalo Bills. So thank you for coming through and uh, joining another 0-1 team in the 49ers. Um, and the fact that you're saying 0-2 next week, I'm, I'm glad you're already calling for another Rams loss. I really appreciate <laughs> that. Thanks so much, Marketing Pro, predicting your own team's loss. Always nice when you come through. Yeah, I don't think Stafford played much better than Trey, so. Yeah, it wasn't great. Uh, Hugo G says, I think in the first half, the four-year starting point was on their own 40, so the offense took a dump. The offense definitely didn't finish drives. I mean, that that's pretty consistent. Of course, field conditions, I think, play into it a little bit. You have the opportunity to kick a field goal, and, of course, we were watching the game together on the second drive, and I looked at you, and I said, hey, I said, are they in field goal range yet? What is field goal range for Robbie Gold? And then it ends up that, you know what, they're just not out of it. And they end up getting a penalty and having to punt. 
Uh, but that plays a big part into this football game is the fact that you probably couldn't kick normal field goals you would have made with Robbie Gold. So your opportunity to score yardage-wise was a lot further than it normally should well, have been. Well, I mean, the, the, all you should need to see about field goals, Cairo Santos for the Bears, who's actually a, normally a very good kicker, missed two extra points. Yeah. And that guy's a good kicker. So, Yeah, and you know, uh, eBay saying... Game changed totally on the third down, broken play to Pettis. Curious whose responsibility safety uh, it was to not allow that TD result. I actually believe it was a linebacker. Yeah, I think that was uh, a Dre Greenlaw was supposed to have the backside zone right there. And understandably, because Justin Fields had been taking off and really he had 35 yards passing to that point. So he saw Justin Fields running. He went to go help backside for the cutback. Um. And Fields also, looked up and saw Pettis well, he over also there. picked up a receiver going in front, right? Yeah. So he picks up the receiver. They're running. Everyone's expecting Pettis to go with it because that's yeah. what you're taught to do don't, in scramble drill. Yeah, because don't listen to the announcers on scramble drill. When scramble drill happens, the receivers are supposed to move towards the quarterback. Yeah, you're not expecting the quarterback to throw all the way across. It's a it's a nice play by Justin Fields. It was. Like being able to get outside the pocket and then getting the ball out to uh, Dante Pettis, and Pettis ends up finishing. But um, it was... It, it was one of those plays where, I mean, that's not the one that I'm worried about, right? That's not the, the breakdown in coverage that I'm really worried about. No, the worst one was the one, um, I think it was Hufanga, on the the big play on the backside. Yeah. The guy coming, what, he run a post over the St. middle? St. Brown, yeah. When Equinomius St. Brown ran the post over the middle and he didn't see him coming backside. That was a worse blown coverage than the Pettis situation. That's a broken play. Um, Justin Fields is an athlete, and sometimes those guys make those plays. We've seen Niners fans have seen Russell Wilson do that to people for the last 10 years. Yeah, and Jay always says, should have been up 17-0 at half. I, I couldn't agree more. I just thought that, you know, the execution is one of those issues that the Warriors have to work out. Um, but how do you bounce back? The cool thing is there's, you know, 17 games in a season. One loss is not going to determine what the 49ers do for the rest of the year. No. But you have to bounce back. You have to figure the, figure those things out. And hopefully this team is going to rally together. I think that's what you want. Um, so I'm really hoping this 49ers team gets it together next week and is able to handle the Seahawks. Starting 0-2 with one of those losses being in division would, would really be, be bad. That'd be tough. Can't have that happen. You got to go ahead and handle business. And I think if they do, they can turn this thing around. But uh, let's see what Kyle does as far as how they bounce back and how they plan on using Trey you know, next week against the Seahawks. Yeah, I think next week against Seattle, I think, is more of a judgment on the team than today. It's one bad game, and people that keep, oh, it's the Bears. They're NFL players with NFL coaches. Yeah. Everyone can win in the NFL. That's why it's so super rare to see someone go winless or 1-16 now. That's why that doesn't happen very often, because they're all professional football players. Um, It's going to happen. You're going to have bad games, and this... Like I said, I agree with whoever made the point that Chicago played in the same conditions, so it's not an excuse, but I think they'll be fine. I mean, I really think there's a lot of overreaction going on today. I get it. You're angry. You you know, everyone looks forward all week to watching the game. I wasn't very excited during the game. Yeah. But at the same time, calm down. Like you said, if they start 0-2, 0-3, okay. Start getting upset. No, I think it's natural to feel frustrated. I mean, I don't remember any game that I walked out of as a coach that we lost that I didn't feel frustrated. Exactly. Um, the key was is you got to get you know get into the film and figure out how do you fix it. 
I, I think it's a fan's reaction is normal to just get upset, you know, get irritated because let's be honest, the 49ers have a better roster. They have a better football team than Chicago Bears. Agreed. Uh, but they did not play better today, no. and the weather contributed a little bit. But when it came down to it, the Bears executed when they need to, and they won the game. Now you have to figure out what you need to do to get better so this doesn't happen again. Use losses as growing experiences, and this is what the 49ers have to do here. If they fail to recover from this, if they fail to make the necessary changes to get better, then that is on them. That's how you become a bad football team. Exactly. Losing a bad game doesn't make you a bad football team. Not fixing those problems makes you a bad football team. Kyle Shanahan will 100% not, agree. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan will not agree. allow them to be a bad football team. And the proof is in the pudding because last year at 2-4, and four, they made the necessary changes and they got it done. They'll do it again. Kyle will figure out a way to get this team going. And if he doesn't, that's a complete referendum on him. And he knows that he understands that and he'll take the lumps. Yeah, I don't think I think it's wild that people are um holding just Kyle Shanahan for this loss. Um the guy, how many games does he have to win before we think he's a good coach? I like you said if he's a poor coach is if they don't come back from it. Right. Or if he's doing a poor coaching job, you would never convince me he's a poor coach, but if he's doing a poor coaching job with this team would be if they don't rebound from this. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. The coach has got to He's got to accentuate the strengths and mask the weaknesses. That's his job. But overall execution, um, and we've seen this, and people kind of pointed it out on Twitter, and I think it's a good point. The 49ers early in seasons over the last you know couple years have struggled. have struggled. A lot of that goes to the way that they've been managing the health of these players to keep them healthy. They're just not giving them as many reps because they want Trent Williams out there on, on week one. They want Mike McGlinchey, and they can't get that full chemistry going with this offensive line now. I don't think the offensive line played as bad as it appeared. No. Um, and I also don't think they played good or great either. I thought they Agreed. had they played average. They got it, you know, got by. I thought they did enough to win. These young players did pretty good in the run game. I struggled a little bit in the past. What did we expect? That exact thing, right? These are yeah. run first offensive linemen. Well, and tr- and Trey, I mean, Kyle Colt dialed up some good screen calls for him. And he, maybe the weather, maybe just a bad day, but he missed a few screen plays that would have really helped their offense move the ball. I mean, we threw a couple of those low. That's all fixable stuff. Yeah. His footwork and, and his ball placement weren't great on those plays. And that's okay. It's fixable stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, right here, I, I saw a comment I wanted to, or a question. JLE says, Ant Horst, are the Bears a better coach team at the beginning of the season? No, I don't believe they're a better coach because even look at the big time plays, there are breakdowns. Um, the, it's just there's an undisciplined factor with a couple of things. Now, number one, when you get the the scramble thing with Justin Fields, that's the I call the BS. That's the Russell Wilson effect that I I've said Justin Fields has. Get outside the pocket, throw it across the field. Like those things happen in football games that are unfortunate. You're hoping Trey Lance does that at some point during the year and has some of that BS factor Agreed. as well. But I think some of the other things, you know, really it was turnovers that led to big plays. One of them that's the most clear is, you know, the, the Trey Lance interception. That leads to a short field and a touchdown that puts them up nine. I think that's big. I think that's another great way to put it, what you're getting at right there, is look at the Niners had those few opportunities where they got the ball right around midfield, didn't capitalize. Trey, Trey um, throws a pick right there. The Bears capitalized the time they got the short field position. I mean, I'm not going to lie to I know it sounds bad, but it the – there were a couple that like that flag on that last drive where the Bears scored. Yeah, no, I mean I get it, you know, and uh, 
Uh, Ernest is saying, what happened to Elijah Mitchell? All I've heard is that it's a knee. I don't know if they've clarified what that injury was. We came right on here for the reaction show, so I didn't get to hear Kyle's presser. I'm sure that was uh, very exciting for everyone. <laughs> I'm sure Kyle was in a great mood after that. Not only did he get soaked, but he lost the first game of the year, um, and I'm sure he wasn't excited to talk about it. But um, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what that injury happens to be. But right now, the only clarification is that it's a knee. Um, and then Mr. Corey's still not happy I, I with Mike get McGlinchey. In on yeah, get on, on so, Mike McGlinchey. So, Mr. Corey, what did Mike McGlinchey do? What did he do that was so wrong? I want you to comment back. I mean, he did whiff on one uh, one, one pass protection one. for sure that I saw. So, yeah, that's exactly. Luke Luna says, we shouldn't have lost this game, period. We have the better team, and we did nothing while the weather was good, and they did. Disappointing is all. Uh, disappointed is all. I, I think, you know, when the weather did clear up, you did have the opening drive of the first half or second half where the 40 yards marched down the field and got a field goal. I would have loved to have them to seen them be able to convert that into a touchdown. Um, but they weren't able to kind of finish the run there. Um, was that because of Elijah Mitchell wasn't there? It I don't think it helped. It doesn't help a little bit. But overall, if you want to question, you know, the fact that they ran, 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 um, then that's that's what you know what you're seeing. And then Mr. Corey says he gave up. A so sack. giving up one sack. I mean, okay. especially when when you look at the guys that they have, right? I think it was against Dominique Robinson. Was it Dominique Robinson yep. that beat him? Uh, he's a good young player. So. I, I do think you're going to – if you're not expecting Mike McGlinchey to give up sacks, it's going to happen. He's just going to give up sacks. That's what's going to happen. The guy's going to give up some this year. Um, but for every one of those, you're going to get three pancake blocks. Because you know, I game. encourage Mr. Corey to look back to the first drive where he chased Roquan Smith, who was a Pro Bowl-level linebacker, down, pancaked him into the ground, and they ran that fly sweep right behind him. Yeah, you know, and, and Luke Luna's pointing out, remember me saying – Wilson would have the most yards outside of Mitchell because Mitchell would get hurt. Uh, he's more going to be hard on his body. I think the only thing is Debo Samuel, once again, establishes himself as a wide back. Um, you know, Elijah Mitchell does get nicked up. Hopefully it's nothing serious. But now you have question marks about, of course, they could just roll with TDP. But that means they're probably, depending on what's wrong with Elijah Mitchell, bringing in a running back at least to the practice squad. Yeah, I think um, the reactions to this really depend on the length of the injury. Oh, it has to. Yeah. I mean, um, what, uh, one question I do have for everyone watching, I want to hear your guys' opinions is should we have seen Jordan Mason today? Um, well, we saw him on special teams. Um, so I don't know. I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe you want to see him down there in the, in the goal line, but, uh, Kyle Shanahan went to his power back in Debo Samuel who ran over Eddie Jackson. So, um, there is a little bit of a speed factor and dynamic factor between Debo Samuel well, and Jordan Mason. And that's what I mean. I was just curious what everyone, this isn't challenging people or calling anyone dumb or anything like that. I'm curious what people think, that because I saw it a lot on Twitter. Yeah. What I think people thought that Jordan Mason would have brought to the table that they didn't have between Debo and Jeff Wilson. Yeah, I think it's just the power factor. And Ernest says, how long do you think Trey the last running like this he took some big shots and i'm a trey fan i don't think it's sustainable but i i think that there were you know there were actually plays that they designed runs and i felt like he didn't take the big shots on the design runs i felt they were on scrambles where he actually took the big shots including you know the one where roquan smith hogtied him and put him on the ground which i think was the hardest one he took yeah i agree um the design runs and honestly i was more disappointed with his running because it seemed like there were a couple times where he could have hit holes hard. 
and he kind of did. He's hesitated in the hole, where if he'd have hit the hole hard, he would have picked up another five to six yards. Yeah, and Ant-Man comes through with the penalties killed us, and we had plenty of opportunity to win this game. Oh, well, hopefully they will learn from their first loss at the beginning of the season on to the next game. I think if you have anything you can take away from this is that it is the beginning of the season. You have time to recover. You have time to execute and get better. And and those are definitely things that the 49ers need to do. And if they're not able to, uh, then this loss signaled a lot more than that. But if they do, this loss will just be a distant memory or a rallying cry that they can get behind and say, hey, we didn't play well. These are the things we need to fix and we need to go do it. Yeah, agreed. And Mr. Corey, I know, you, thank you for responding to my questions. I appreciate it. You've done it twice now. Like I said, I don't really know you that well. I haven't interacted with you very much. I was just truly curious of people's opinion. And a lot, it seems like a lot of people's opinion is that uh, Jeff Wilson Jr. isn't getting the job done. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Mr. Corey's a, a real one, by the way. Mr. Corey comes through all the no, time. No, I yeah. like you so far. Yeah, I have, like that you're keeping your opinion and staying we, with We you. have great interactions, and the one thing that's cool is we definitely disagree on things, uh, but we have fun doing it. And I yeah. think that's, that's one of the cool things. And, you know, Tommy's coming through with Jeff Wilson is trash, and I disagree. I thought Jeff Wilson did okay today. I didn't think that there was anything from him that didn't look um, fine. I was he Elijah Mitchell? No. no, but I believe Elijah Mitchell is a Pro Bowl caliber player. He's a special player. Jeff Wilson Jr. is not. Jeff Wilson is a running back too. I think that's the the difference right now. Elijah Mitchell is a special guy. Jeff Wilson Jr. doesn't have that explosiveness that Elijah Mitchell is. Not a lot of running backs do. The only other running back on this football team that has that explosiveness is named Debo Samuel, and he's not even a running back. He's a wide back. Um, so if that's what you want, if that's what you want, explosiveness. Debo's the answer. Agreed. Jordan Mason doesn't have that explosion. Yeah, that's either. and that's why I asked the question about yeah. Wilson and um, Jordan Mason. Is it seems like they're very similar players to me. That's my personal opinion on the subject. But um, that's why I was asking what they thought he would do different than Jeff Wilson did. And I'm glad you said that Huxley said that Jeff Wilson's trash because I thought that was a basketball hoop and I was very <laughs> confused. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Tommy. Tommy. And Tommy. Yeah, Tommy and uh, Horse over here is a USC fan as well. Uh, been enjoying them, Tommy, because Raw League Brown um, is from our area, and we've watched him play since he was a little kid. So 209. It's, it's kind of cool. 209 had a big weekend. Oh, 209's uh, having a weekend. Yeah, with Nathan Diaz as well. But, um, yeah, you know, and Marvin Rose is saying Jeff Wilson did fine. He was not the starter. Mitchell was or is. Uh, I think that's a good way to look at it. You know what I mean? It's, an, it's, it's one of those things where I was hoping Elijah Mitchell was going to be staying healthy because – when I saw him in training camp, the explosive nature we saw in this game on his limited carries was what I saw. And I was like, wow, like this is going to be big time. Uh, and I was excited about his potential, but we just didn't get to see it in a large enough dose because of the knee. Yeah, I'm hoping it's I mean, nothing serious. It's unfortunate. Um, by the way, everyone updating the scores, someone give me a final to, the, to um, Carolina versus Cleveland. I didn't oh. see how it ended. And I want to see... Baker Mayfield laugh at them. <laughs> David Campbell reiterates, as I have said multiple times recently, more horse is a good thing. Oh, you got geez. it today. Jeez, the only people I that, like this guy. The only people that agree with David Campbell are girls named Brittany. That's the only ones that do. She's watching. <laughs> if she's watching, hello, how are you doing? I give no hex. Oh yeah, that's a good one though. Um, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, Marvin Rose says Wilson gained. He did not go backwards and held on the ball. <laughs> that's true. You know, I mean, that's true. I mean, that's what you want from your running back room. Do I think he's as dynamic as Elijah Mitchell? No, but 
I think when it comes down to this football game, Horst, you know, the penalties com- com- combined with the turnovers and key turnovers, uh, one that, you know, is turns into points, another one that prevents you from getting points, that's easily a 14-point swing right there. Uh, that's good enough to win the football game. And when it comes down to Agreed. it, that's not what you want. So those two are tough. Um, and I think that penalties overall, the turnovers, and then just failed execution on third down ends up being what mm-hmm. does the 49ers in. So hopefully they'll turn it around and get it done. Um, WTM, I put that sack on Trey, the one that Trent gave up. It felt like he held onto the ball for an eternity. Yeah, it, or it could have been on the good coverage. I'd have to rewatch yeah. you know, the coverage aspect. But that to me, um, he held – that was Robert Quinn, right, that yeah. got the sack on him. First of all, Robert Quinn is a hell of a player. Second of all, um, that ball was held on back there a long time. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that, you know, when it comes down to it, it's either a cover sack or, you know, he just needed to hold on the football. I think it's a cover sack. Uh, I don't think he missed any open receivers. And, no. uh, you know, Trent Williams can't be expected to block those uh, block those guys forever. Uh, but Ziggy asked, what did you guys think of the interior offensive line? I thought the interior offensive line from first watch, and I, I'm looking forward to watching it. Yeah, I agree. Watch the, you know, the game film over again, especially all 22 angle. But I really felt like the interior offensive line had moments where they looked good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they made some good plays. I thought there were some absolute botches as well. Um, and then I thought there were moments where, you know, they did better than even anticipated. So I think it's one of those things where it's a good learning and building experience. And it was Spencer Burford's first start in the NFL. Well, it was also oh, and Aaron, Aaron Banks, Banks is, as well. Was that what's his name? Brendel has start? a few starts. He has a couple yeah, starts. He has okay. starts in the league. So, um, I think they're going to get better. But overall, I was I'm pretty optimistic about their potential uh, down the road. I think it will take five, six, seven weeks for them to play at mm-hmm. a pretty good level. Just remember, Jay Ellie, not every sack is on the offensive line. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do think Trey had to navigate through the pocket sometimes. Um, but yeah, there was there was times we looked down and there was just no wide receivers open. I mean, there's just no one open, and some of that could be the the weather as well. They're not able to plant, get open. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that plays into it. You get called for a push off, your hand leaves your side. Yeah, and you know, Mr. Corey, the the Banks play. I wonder if you're talking about the one where it looked like he couldn't even get out of his stance. Yeah, he got out of his stance super slow on that play. Yeah, I want to rewatch that play because I don't know if he just lost his footing, wasn't able to get a stance or get out of his stance, was slow reacting to the snap. Uh, but I'm really curious about that one, because I, I mean, I thought they, I thought they all played for their lack of experience. I didn't think it was that bad. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you on but that. But the fact I have to say it's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. And Marvin Rosa's coach does not get a face mask or stupid defensive holding call. Yeah, these guys are professionals. Uh, when it comes to discipline, they have to be disciplined themselves. The coaches definitely coach it during the week. They, they teach these guys what to do. But when they get out there, you have to do it. And I think you saw Fred Warner get in Trey Greenlaw's face. Yeah, uh, He wanted him to know, like, hey, man, you can't make these mistakes. You're keeping us on the field longer. You saw frustration from Nick Bosa as well. I think that Bosa, Fred Warner, Armstead are going to walk into that locker room, look at those defensive players and say, hey, we have to be better. We have to execute better. Those captains are going to rally. Kyle Shannon, this coaching staff, is going to rally. And they've got to fix it because they've got another game next week. This season doesn't stop. The preparation begins on the flight home. They're yeah. already preparing for Seattle. And that's the attitude you have to have to be successful. Um, you lose a game, you just think, you just look, you do go back and correct your mistakes, but as soon as you've seen that, you're on to the next game, especially a 17-game season. They could turn. I'm not saying it's going to happen. They could turn around and go 16-1. and one. I mean, it's, 
the sky's not falling. We're okay. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Greenlaw will settle in. I think Greenlaw's excited to be back on the field. Mr. Corey's talking about a meeting to settle down. I think he's going to be just fine. I think he just needs to settle in. Uh, he was a guy that made no mistakes his rookie season. He did everything right. I think he's going to figure it out. He just hasn't played a lot of football. He's excited to get out there and help his football team. Him and Aziz Alshire will pay dividends for the 49ers just during the season. I look for both of them to settle in. I look for the defense to settle in as well, um, which I thought they did absolutely fantastic early and then a little bit of struggle. <laughs> O-line pride. You got to love that. Who, who would say that? Shout out Tim Mangrich. Yeah, what's up, Tim? How's it going? Uh, welcome. I'm glad you're in chat. That's freaking great. But, Horst, I think this is a, I don't know about a fun reaction show, but it was really nice to have you on for the reaction show. And I'm looking forward to everything that's coming out on the channel this week. Of course, you'll get a brand new Ant Hill show. You'll get Slightly Offsides over on Patreon. But because it's a bonus week on the channel, Slightly Offsides will also be on the channel. So you're going to get a free edition of Slightly Offsides, a free edition of 49ers Faceoff, Featuring Horst against Jay Hill, which is exciting. Um, so a lot of content coming out this week. So pay you know pay attention to the channel if you haven't already. Give it a like, subscribe, hit the notification bell so you know when all these these uh, shows come up. And uh, thank you all for watching. I really do appreciate it so much. I uh, had a fun time, Horst. Yeah, it was a great. Well, being on here with all you guys was fun. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Good to hear from everyone. Even if we're arguing back and forth, I love the interaction. Never take it as a negative. I love debating football. So that was a lot of fun. Um, thanks for having me on. Yeah, yeah, of course. Always like having Horst on. Me and Horst are going to try to go watch some more football, huh? I don't know. I don't know. Horst's face. Uh, but everyone, <laughs> stay safe and remember the right way is always the 49ers way.